0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. So, in this episode of
1: Mind Pump, we, we get pretty irritated with a lot of uh, the myths uh, and lies that are in the fitness industry. If you've been listening to Mind Pump for longer than one episode, you know this. Mm. But some myths and lies refuse to. They die. just don't go away. They just do not go away. And so we have to bring them back and recommunicate them in different ways to see if we can really hit home. Now, in this episode, we talk all about the <clears throat> worst deadly fitness lies that are just sold mainly to women. Now, some of these have some crossover, but the fitness industry does a very, very good job of taking groups, isolating them, and pretending like they have the answers for you so that you buy their products or their programs, or whatever. Um, and women, uh, you guys really get hammered hard by the marketing uh, industry that is within the fitness industry, and most of it is lies. So we cover all of these lies. We talk about building bulky muscles versus toning muscles. We talk about why women should eat in a calorie surplus, aka bulk. We talk about the myths around women training versus men training. Should you work out differently? Because you're a woman. We talk about exercises that change the shape and length of your muscles. That may be false. We talk about how squats and deadlifts give you a thick waist. Not true. We talk about how the scale and your size tells you uh, that you look good or that you look bad. That's also not true. And then finally, we talk about supplements that are geared specifically towards men and women. And we talk about one supplement in particular that women should take that they might not be taking. Um, so but f- before we get into that episode... Also, Maps Anywhere is 50% off. That is our at-home training program, on the road training program. It is our training program without equipment, requires just your body or resistance bands. It's half off. Here's what you do to get that discount. Go to mapswhite.com. That's m a p s w h i t e.com and use the code ANYWHERE50, a n y w h e r e 50 for the discount. Um, and that's it. So here we are talking about the biggest lies that are sold to women. By the fitness industry. This is a topic that we've covered uh, a few times in the past, but I think we need to keep talking about it and communicating it differently each time, more effectively each time, because there are certain things that refuse to die in the fitness industry. Uh, And the myths surrounding how women should train, uh, the things that they should do for their bodies that are different than what men need to do and all that. They're like zombie myths. They just won't die. No. They won't go anywhere. Um, and so we got to keep hammering them uh, because you know here's the thing with the with the fitness space. and this is actually true of a lot of markets. The uh, women make up um, a larger percentage, typically of most markets of consumers. They tend to drive markets. And fitness is like this. Um, uh, the female space is a very powerful, market in, in any space. And so targeting them has always been a smart strategy of advertisers. Um, you know, and, and when gyms first started out, they were totally male dominated. Women didn't go to the gym, they didn't work out. Um, and people who were smart in the in the gym business uh, thought to themselves, we need to tap into this very powerful market um, and, and, you know, try to get them to buy our stuff. And so that's, I think, where a lot of the myths... That surround women's fitness
2: kind of came from. Why do you think that is, though? Do you think it's like the, you know, divide and con- conquer idea? I, uh, I think well, what's one of the rules in
1: advertising, right? The more uh, targeted it is, yeah. the more it feels personal to someone, the more likely they are, the more to they buy respond it. to it, too. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I think that they're able to really kind of highlight a lot of the insecurities, uh, you know, people share, and uh, you know, specifically women, they they can find these certain things where it's like. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to work out, and I don't want this to happen and that to happen. And so they they want to highlight those things to sell them products,
1: right? So, like, if you think about the old gyms, right, the original gymnasiums um, were m- mostly male dominated, um, and a lot of the representatives of gyms and gymnasiums were uh, muscular, strong men, gymnasts, uh, these these guys that just were, you know, superhuman uh, for the time or whatever. And so people deduced, right? They said, okay, if I train like this, I'm going to look like that strong man, or I'm going to look like Eugene Sandow. um, And that's very masculine, and I don't want any of that. And so what they did is they came out with ways to attract women through their doors. And what they would say is things like, "Um, yeah, you don't have to look like that guy because you're going to train differently. So what we're going to do for you is we have these really lightweights, and if you do 100 reps... You're not going to look uh, like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever. You're going to get these sculpted, toned muscles or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we should go through some of the most prevalent, uh, insidious myths in fitness uh, for women that are specifically targeted to women, and kind of uh, and, and shatter them. And the biggest one I can think of is the the one that I still hear people question to this day, which is that heavy weight builds bulky bodies, and lightweight, high reps builds toned, sculpted bodies. Um, this was actually even believed by men decades ago um, uh, in the in the bodybuilding world. I know that in the 60s and 70s that they would talk about lifting light weights to get cut and going heavy to try to bulk. Um, so I think we should talk about that one first. I think that's probably one of the bigger well, I ones. I feel like
2: that, that myth has uh, demonized building muscle. And we know that when it comes to helping someone speed their metabolism up, and lose body fat. The most ultimate thing that they can do is build muscle first. And so I think that's probably the the most important one to cover is because that's the one that I think hurts women. Because as I'm listening to you talk about this, I'm going, you know, there's a lot of myths out there for men, too. It's not just women. But the one I, I think the ones that uh, were targeted to women are more detrimental to their success in health and fitness, right?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really great point. I mean, keep this in mind. Uh, Muscles don't, they don't tone. They build or they shrink. That's it. Now, toning is uh, a word that's used to describe the feeling of having muscles that are more firm. But as muscles build, that's what they feel like. They just start to get more firm. Those are the beginning stages of building, Mm-hmm. So If you're a woman that's, and you're listening right now and you want to have a firm body, the fastest way to get there is to lift in a way that's going to build muscle the fastest way, right. if that makes any sense. The other thing, too, is this fear of uh, you know, you're going to work out and somehow you're going to wake up the next day and have a body that's very masculine. It is incredibly difficult to build muscle for men, let alone uh, for women. Um, You could train like a bodybuilder and you could do so for years and what you'll accomplish is a very sculpted, firm body. Um, It's just very, very difficult to get that kind of bulk to your body that people are so afraid of as if... Heavy weights are magic. You know, you start lifting yeah. those heavy weights. Now, like,
3: what's well, the terminology, really, that that provides this visual? Like, they, they, they think of, like, a, this enormous, you know, like, really strong, like, bodybuilder-type guy. Like, that, that's just going to happen by
2: lifting heavier weights. It, it, with, it's not only that. I think there's also – there's always – every girl has a girlfriend – Who's got that that one friend who does touch weights and does build muscle really well? The genetic anomaly, right? Everybody has somebody or somebody they know, and I think that's what happens. Is you see the one girl, just like we have the one guy friend, you know that could eat Taco Bell, barely touch weights, and he just shredded. Yeah, and he shredded and he puts muscle on like nothing. Everybody has that girlfriend. Who works out and then has a little bit more masculine or muscular body type than what you want, and so it all of a sudden scares us away from, oh God, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to look like Susie because Susie's shoulders are too broad and big and she looks manly to me.
1: Right, mm. and now this myth is still prevalent today, but it's less, uh, it's not as bad as it used to be, right? Like you see more women lifting weights than you ever did before. Yep. But women still shy away from things like powerlifting. Because they think, oh, well, uh, you know, if I lift that heavy and push that hard, then for sure I'm going to get that bulky look that I want. Well, I thought it was
3: necessary to bring this up too, because I've still seen. Other programs coming out where they're just focusing on rubber bands and they're focusing on solely like uh, body weight and band training because of you know the quote unquote impact too much impact on the joints and also that it will make you bulky and so this is this is like resurfacing myths that are are definitely out in the market right now.
1: Yeah, what you want to do is you want to look at um, you want to look at workouts and you want okay, so look at your body this way and say okay. I want to achieve a body and this is most people that is lean that is you know tight muscles are tight yeah, firm, defined defined okay what's the fastest most effective way uh, and healthy way to get there that is going to be the most effective workout the most effective building muscle building workout that's the one that's going to get you there the fastest now what's the most effective way to work out to build muscle it's using weights in that that are relatively heavy 6 to 12 reps Maybe 15 to 20 reps at the most. It's going to be these big compound movements: barbell squats, uh, deadlifts, overhead presses, barbell rows. It's not going to be donkey kickbacks. It's not going to be you know single leg, you know step ups, uh, you know where you're doing 500 reps. It's not going to be these 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 hip bridges without any resistance or these you know five pound dumbbell type exercises. Unless the five pound dumbbells are very challenging for you, it's not going to be those things. Now those things will build muscle. It's just, take, it's just gonna take a lot longer, way longer. It'll take you maybe ten times as long doing those types of exercises than if you did those effective exercises, and you may never actually accomplish the same type of results. Well, that you that's get a good results. point
3: because I mean, <coughs> they do apply like you will build some muscle eventually. like so there's some truth in a lot of these like silly exercises that we see all over the place and people wearing bands all the time over their knees and trying to, you know, get glute activation. But the, the way that, that it's being professed as, as the glute building process, like this is the formula to, to get like these great, you know, like huge glutes is mm-hmm. not the case.
2: I think it's, I think it's the, the mental hurdle that happened that's, that's makes it so challenging. Right. So when I think of the average client, uh, female client that I had trained, it's the you know middle-aged woman had kids, you know needs to lose thirty plus pounds, and what I know she needs or what's best for her, even if her goal is, hey Adam, I want to lose. If she came in and these were her words, hey I, Adam, I want to tone my body up and I want to lose the thirty pounds of fat and I want to feel ten years younger. Okay, common goal, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that I know is that okay, the most ideal thing for her is to actually put her on a strength training program to build muscle. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the problem with that. Uh, Let's say this client who comes in and does this. More often than not, they have yo-yo dieted before. They're already in a moderate to low calorie intake. And so what I need to convince Susie is that she needs to increase her calories and go through a strength training protocol. Now, what I know happens with that, it's probably inevitable that she's going to see the scale Go up a tiny bit or at least stay the same during this training program and maybe even feel her clothes filling out a little bit. That's a major mental fuck for somebody Mm. who is struggling with maybe body image issues or has been trying to lose weight their whole life. And then they pay me X amount of dollars to tell them or to get them in great shape. And the thing I tell them is we're going to lift some heavy ass weight. We're going to grow a bit. Yeah, we're going to. And we may grow a bit or we may see the scale stay the same or go up. That's really tough, and this is the reason why I don't think these myths will die. Is because of, I believe there's a lot of women out there that have tried to listen to this advice, and then what's happened is that's exactly it. they go in this two week program mm-hmm. of doing this, the scale goes up, or they feel their clothes get tightened, and they're like, "Fuck this! Yeah, I'm not listening. Shit. I'm not listening to mind pump anymore. Mm-hmm. This is a terrible idea." But the reality is,
1: oh, it's the best thing you could do. Go to the gym and get stronger and get stronger at the big gross motor movements. That'll make your metabolism faster. That'll build enough muscle to cause a, a, a calorie balance where you're going to be burn body fat much easier. And it's going to shape your body in a way that's aesthetic. And so you have to go in and you want to train for strength. You want to train heavy. Now, of course, it's got to be appropriate. you got to have good form, good control. So none of this is haphazard. But that's going to be the best way to get you to your goal and the fastest way. Mm-hmm. And again, here's here's not what's going to happen. I promise you. This one, I don't care the most genetically gifted female on earth on all the steroids in the world on earth, she could go and work out like this, and she's not going to wake up the next day and be like, oh my god, I went too far. There's still a process. At some point, if you are one of those lucky individuals that does build muscle easily, you just look in the mirror and you say, okay. I'm happy with where I'm at. This is where I want my body to be. At. Well, ag- Now
2: you can change gears again, though. Still really tough to. And I used to do this for these because it was always tough to get my clients to understand this. So I used to I used to draw like a, a picture, or an image for them. I'd say, okay, here's you know here's two examples of Susie what we could do right now. You came in, you want to lose thirty pounds. Um, I've tracked your calories for a week. Let's just say she's eating approximately fifteen hundred calories right now, and she's one hundred and eighty pounds or so. And I know that I need to get her caloric intake up, and I know I need to build some muscle. And as a trainer who you just hired me, I have two options. Either one, I can show you quick results to try and hook you in to buy more training from me, or I can do what's best for your body in long term. So hooking you in by just getting you to lose a few pounds or showing change right away, I could restrict your calories. So I could take Susie A, and I'm going to take her 1,500 calories. I'm going to move it down to 1,200 calories, I'm going to do all those high rep exercises, throw in cardio in there. Mm -hmm. And in 30 days, okay, Susie drops eight to 10 pounds, Susie A. Now, Susie B is what I want to do with you, which is I'm going to take your calories from 1,500 to somewhere between 17 to 1,800 calories. I'm going to strength train you. And at the end of that month, you weigh exactly the same, or maybe even up one pound. And then I would ask the client, I'd say, which would you rather be and all of them would would go right to the right. person who's lost 8, 12 pounds. And I said, you don't want to be that person because that person inevitably is going to hit a wall. And they're going to hit a really hard wall. They're, and
1: they're stuck at 1,200 calories.
2: That's right. Or they go down one more time and then it gets to a point where he can't handle anymore. And I said, what you don't realize is Susie B, who decided to increase her calories and strength train for 30 days and actually put a pound on the scale, which is going the opposite direction of your goal, is actually in a much better position than Suzy A.
1: That that actually brings up another great one, which is that women shouldn't bulk or women shouldn't eat uh, in uh, a in surplus. a calorie surplus. Um, in fact, I I I don't know what these statistics are, but if I were to go if I were to find these statistics, I could pretty much guarantee that ninety something percent of the purchasers of supplements that tell you that you're going to pack on mass and size are men. Women are afraid, obviously, of trying to mm. put on size and gain and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. Oftentimes, women should go into a calorie surplus to fuel exactly what you're talking about, Adam, to fuel the muscle building process because that's what's going to benefit them. Not in the long term, it's what's going to give them the results that they want that are easier to keep because their metabolism's humming. And I used to love doing this with clients, with female clients, is I would take them just like you, Adam, and I would put them on a moderate- caloric bulk. In other words, I'd take their, whatever they were eating and I'd put them in a surplus and I'd have them lift weights and build strength. And after six months to eight months a year, they were in a position where they were eating far more than they were before, but they were also far leaner. And it was easier to maintain because consider this, which scenario is easier to maintain eating 1200 calories a day to stay 120 pounds or eating 2000 calories a day to stay at 120 pounds. Mm -hmm. Which one do you think is going to be easier all the time? When you go to birthday parties or you go out with your husband or your girlfriends or your friends, when you're whatever, just everyday life, it's easier to maintain with 2000 calories. But the only way you're going to do that is if you go through periods of bulking. And here's the other thing, it'll make the cutting far easier and more effective. Yeah. because women and this is a generalization but a lot of women will stay in this kind of permanent cut i'm always mm-hmm. you ask them what's your goals what are you always working towards oh i'm always trying to lose yeah. weight i'm always trying to lose weight yeah. so what does that mean got to stop eating this got to stop always stop, in a stop. deficit always yeah. in a deficit always cutting calories always and what ends up happening when you do that is your your over time your metabolism adapts and the way it adapts is by slowing down to meat, the caloric intake to try to create, uh, you know, homeostasis, so that you're not losing any weight. Which is why you may be finding, among other reasons, because there's a lot of other reasons, maybe you're less active as well. But which is why you may find that over time it becomes harder and harder and harder to lose that extra five or ten pounds, or to, or to, even just to keep it off, is because you never gave your body an opportunity to speed up its metabolism, which part of part of the formula to do that is to bulk yeah is to go through i i'm telling you right now if you're if you're one of those women listening right now and you're, you don't need to lose a ton of weight let's say you don't need to lose fifty or sixty pounds. you just want to lose fifteen pounds ten pounds whatever maybe even twenty pounds and if you look back and think to yourself how long you've been trying to cut and if it 's been longer than you know a couple months like that's what you 're always trying to do, mm-hmm. try this out try a month or two. On a moderate bulk with strength training, and the scale may move up a little bit. Most likely, it'll stay the same. You'll get stronger. You may feel different in your clothes and in your body. And then when you go back to cutting, watch how fast your body responds. It'll well, blow to you
3: reiterate away. the point that you know Adam brought up initially in terms of like it's the, the psychological barrier to that that the whole process, because I mean, generally speaking, I think even women are more critical to other women in terms of their appearance and their looks. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, men are to some degree as well. But I mean, I think overly so to where like the idea of, you know, putting on weight to then, you know, have sustainable uh, way to cut and be able to, you know, live in sort of a lower amount. That just sounds like a foreign animal.
1: Yes, and the bottom line is this: the bottom line is male or female. If your long term goal is to have a body that is, uh, you know, that has got a decent amount of muscle or tone or sculpt uh, or firmness, whatever you want to call it, that's actually a little bit more muscle, um, and you want to be lean and you want to have a lifestyle that is relatively normal, so you're not obsessing over every calorie, your best approach is to lift heavy and also to go through periods of a calorie surplus where you're bulking, And which leads me to another one. Um, Women need to train differently than men. Hmm. That's a general uh, statement. It's a general belief, and it's also a lie. It's a total and complete lie. And I'm going to break down why it's a lie. Now, there are studies that show that women uh, have a slightly faster recovery ability than men, um, that women may respond differently to nutrition in some ways, like they're less resilient to fasting. Um, The the hormones start to uh, go out of whack if they fast for too long, whereas men tend to be a little resilient. Of course, women store more body fat than men normally do. But here's the problem with all of that. When you go down to the individual, you throw it all out the window. Yep. You throw it all out the window. You know who needs to train differently? You, as an individual, needs to train differently than another individual. And it has nothing to do with you being a male or female. And if, if, it does, if it has anything to do with that, it's tiny. Everything that you need to consider in terms of how you should work out has to do with your own personal
2: fitness history and your own personal goals. You know, it's the ironic about that when you say that. What comes to mind right away to me is that the stuff that's probably presented to men on the way they should lift all the time and the stuff that's presented to women all the time, most people listening would probably benefit from doing the opposite. Mm, Yeah. Does that make sense? Like most guys, or at least I fell in this category as a young man trying to build muscle. I was reading all the muscle magazines and everything I read was to build muscle and strength in that six to 12 rep range. I should be doing Pilates. Right. No, seriously. I mean, Mm. it it would be so different for your body that the adaptation and response that your body would get from doing a new modality like that, you would see great results for everything from probably even building some muscle to flexibility to burning some body fat. And then the same thing goes for the women that are always told that you know these you know types of classes are most ideal for them all these high rep high rep exercises and machine exercises, best thing they could possibly do is probably go over into a heavy strength training protocol that's like a one to five rep range. So the irony is it has nothing to do with sex. To Sal's point, it's like it's what the individual needs and what most individuals listening, both male and female, need is probably the opposite of what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And you know what's funny is that um, some the, the, the female market's a little bit starting to become privy to some of the baloney and bullshit marketing. Uh, for example, when when Doug and I first made Maps Anabolic and marketed it, uh, you know, we talked to marketers and they they suggested that we create a women's uh, version of Maps Anabolic. And I said, and I said, no. I said, you know what's Funny is that if I did anything that was geared towards women, not a single man would buy it. But if I made something geared towards men, men would buy it, and some women would buy it because. I could see that in the market, women were starting to realize that the programs advertised to men really had nothing to do with the fact that it was for men. It had everything to do with the fact that it was a more effective workout. And it's true. If you take the typical workout programs online and you get the ones that are like, just for women, just for men, and you compare you compare them. And if you're a really good coach or a really good trainer, so you know workouts, here's the real difference. The one that's marketed to men, it's a more effective workout. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more challenging, a little bit more intensity. Better program. The one for women, they throw stuff in to make it look like it's more for women or whatever. It's actually a less effective version of the more effective well, workout. Well, it so normally it
2: tends to be cardio with weights. Yeah. Yes. they yes. Normally, the exercises that you see geared or pitched towards women are these high reps, you know, super setting things in between sets. I mean, this is what I see all the time in the gym is you see... The girl that's doing, you know, fifteen squats, and then she's doing jump lunges, and then she's getting down and she's doing banded glute kicks, and this circuit style, no rest type of circuit. And it's just, I think that's the problem. I, I really do.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a that's a big one. the The, the cardio cardio is the is the answer. Um, resting is a waste of time. No, I want to burn calories. I need to keep moving. And that one, that one, uh, you know, goes after men a little bit too, and who really, really want to lose weight. But I see women falling prey to that one a little bit more. Um, and we've covered that—I uh, mean, ad nauseum—on our podcast. Um, that if you're going to do resistance training, um, do it in the most effective way possible, which is straight sets, rest, maybe a superset depending on the uh, the phase that you're in, but you're but not this wide-ranging circuits where you're not... You're basically, like Adam said, doing cardio with weights. It's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's burning calories. And sure, if we compare on a time-for-time basis, a 30-minute circuit versus 30 minutes of straight lifting, 30-minute circuit's going to burn more calories... But the 30 minutes of lifting is going to cause the metabolism to adapt in a way that gives you a faster
2: metabolism, which overall will burn more calories. I also want to address, again, I always try to think of the, the mental hurdles that my clients had that you, that you would be speaking to with something like this. For example, you know it's tough to explain to a client that has hired me that in the past— has done you know either these circuit based classes or or is just currently have done their own routine where they are restricting calories they're doing higher reps and they've seen results their body has changed they've lost some body fat they've felt that their body's built some muscle they feel a little tighter and so here I am as a trainer telling them that's not mm-hmm. ideal for them so I think we have to explain why that happens and then why it's still not ideal because what ends up happening is, any, if you've done nothing, if you've sat on the couch for three months, six months, year, however long, and you haven't been exercising, anything that you do is going to show you the results that we're talking about. Of, You're going to get some results. Right. Losing body fat, building some sort of muscle. You move any sort of weights around or your body around and do exercises for you know any amount of reps, doesn't matter and you restrict calories. Your body is going to reduce body fat. You will stimulate muscle growth because it's it's a, a new adaptation. Problem with that is it's a very short window. And this is why a lot of people, no matter what modality they come into, they see these great results in the first four to six weeks. First four to six weeks.
1: So they have the answer now.
2: This is it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then they just keep pounding away at that. But the reality is that even that's okay for a short period of time, but eventually we need to move out of that. And in fact, the best place to move would be moving into this, you know, strength-based type of protocol. Right, right. And also keeping in mind, kind of going back to the original example I gave of you know Susie A, Susie B, and why that's so. Why is Susie B, who has gained a pound, even though her goal was to lose thirty, why is she in such a better position with this added muscle? And I, I used to give this number to my clients so they got an idea, but it's one of the, it's it's heavily debated on how much this is. So there's a range of somewhere between 20 and 60 calories a day that a pound of muscle actually burns or utilizes just to, to maintain to maintain on your body. So you got to think of if you can go through a month and the scale stays the same or even goes up one pound, and you're exercising, you're strength training, you're eating better. For sure, your body has your body composition has changed, mm-hmm. meaning that you've lost some fat and you've probably built some muscle. Now, the ratio may be dead even. You lost three pounds of fat and you've added three pounds of muscle, and so the scale shows no difference, but you have completely altered your metabolism. In fact, your metabolism is probably burning somewhere between 300 more calories a day. That's a big difference. It
1: is, and think of it this way. Uh, remember this. Muscle's very dense. Okay, so when you gain three pounds of muscle, it doesn't look like three pounds of gained body fat. Body fat takes Remember those up
2: things? Remember the things that Jim used to have? Yes. You ever yeah. seen those uh, the five big pounds rubber of rubber yeah, pound of fat. Five pounds of fat used to be like this it's big something like and then th- a muscle was like yeah, this. I
1: think muscle takes up something like two thirds or half to two thirds of the space that body fat has. So oh, it's less than half. Something like that. So if you look at like five pounds of fat versus five pounds of muscle it's no. It's like it's like five pounds of uh, of you know iron versus five pounds of of plastic. Think about five pounds of plastic. How big of a space that would have to take up in comparison to five pounds of iron. Well, when you gain three pounds of muscle and lose three pounds of body fat, you're smaller. Your weight is the same on the scale. You don't weigh any different, but you've lost size because fat takes up more space. But it's more than that, right? It's not just that fat uh, takes up more space and, and muscle is dense. It's also muscle looks different. When you add three pounds of muscle, you right. gain shape. Mm-hmm. Body fat, unless it's going to specific parts of your body, like when you go to a, a, a girls, plastic surgeon. Some girls look out with this. Yeah, yeah. Some but, girls
2: get all their fat, go right to their tits and ass. Yeah, and right, right, right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not every, not everybody is like yeah, this, yeah. though.
1: You could go to it. Thanks, Adam, for putting it so eloquently. <laughs> yeah, like you could go to a, a plastic surgeon and have them place body fat where you want, but muscle when you gain muscle especially if you do the right exercises it's going to add shape to your body for example if you want more weight on your butt you could try gaining more body fat but your body's going to put that body fat where you tend to store it so it might go on your love handles it might go on your waist it might go in places you don't want if you gain 3 pounds of muscle on your butt because you lifted weights for your butt guess what where all that muscle is going on your butt so When you gain that muscle, not only are you smaller and you feel tighter, but you also have better shape and better aesthetics, which leads me to something else that is infuriating. It's super annoying to me. Is all these classes and workout programs and exercises that promise to change the shape of your muscle in a specific way, <laughs> yeah, like the Pilates uh, elongate your muscles. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. If you do this, longer workout, leaner muscles. Yeah, longer leaner muscles. So here's the deal with 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 muscle. You're born with your muscle attachments. Um, so now it's it's a little bit more complex than this, but think of it this way. You have your muscle attaches at one point, so point A, and then it attaches at point B. And when your muscle contracts, it squeezes, it brings those two points closer together. So if you look at your bicep. And you flex your bicep, you're bringing your arm in, your hand closer to your shoulder, right. because it's bringing those two points closer together. Okay, that's a, a hundred yeah. percent. Do you really backward. want those points to
3: elongate and be longer? Yeah,
1: you can't. Yeah, you couldn't. Anyway, anyway, you, you would mean, have even to weaker. You would have to surgically remove your muscle and reattach yeah, it impossible. on a different point in your bone. So, I don't care what exercise you're doing, you ain't gonna make a muscle longer. It's got those two points. Now, what about the shape? What about changing the shape of a muscle? On large muscles, you can somewhat do this, although it takes years and you have to build a lot of muscle. So if I want to really change the shape of my pecs, for example, which is a larger muscle, I can focus on the upper part, the lower part, and change that shape. But for smaller muscles, it doesn't make a difference. My biceps, they get bigger. They're going to look the way they're going to look based on my genetics. Same thing with my triceps and other muscles. So to a large extent, changing the shape of your muscle is not really. If you train in a balanced way, your body's going to develop the way it's going to develop, mm. and how your muscle shape is how they shape. And trying to do different classes to change the length of your muscle, and I don't want bulky muscles. I want long, lean muscles. Total bullshit. Total, total bullshit. Especially the length part, unless you remove a muscle from its attachment and reattach it somewhere down the bone which I don't recommend doing.
2: it's not only that. It's heading back again to the the mental hurdle that you have to get over is the the woman that started to take Pilates or the woman that started to take this class or whatever that that she's seen results. So again, even something like that that guarantees all these promises of elongating the muscle or toning and firming and shit like that, and you get enrolled in it and you start for the first four to six weeks, yes, you feel the changes and it may look like... You know, elongating of the muscle or the toning and the firming of the body. I think
3: it's just an access to more range of motion, is, you know, part of that is being like, I feel more like I have. You know more ability. I have have more like flexibility, and you know I feel like I can I can get into certain positions in my body, you know, easier. And so therefore, you know, I must be doing my body a benefit. Which you could do the same thing with weights. Like you can go through full range of motion, but gain access to strength in that range of motion, which you know is a totally different concept than just having access to flexibility with no strength. You're going to put yourself in danger with that mentality.
2: Right. And my point is that it's not that those those classes or these different modalities don't work. It's one, just it's not the most ideal for that person. And two, even if it does work, it will only work for a short period of time. And then you need to phase out. You need to move on beyond that. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening and you're going, oh, I've been following this program or I've been taking these classes and I saw great results or I'm seeing great results, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But it eventually you need to move out, of that. and eventually is normally right around that four to six week range. Any more, any more than that, and the returns are just diminishing. Yeah, and the pro
1: the problem is is if you go on social media and you look up uh, like best like look up body parts that women typically uh, like to focus on, right? Like legs and, mm-hmm. and butt, Arms, for example, and butt. So if you look up like best butt workouts uh, for women on Instagram, you would find a bunch of these these influencers, these women. Doing uh, band exercises, tube blocking, donkey kickbacks, curtsy squats. Yeah, just just a bunch of extra look, and they're exercises, so they do something, uh, but they're not nearly as effective as other exercises. Now, if you look up uh, best lower body mass building workouts, okay, on Instagram, you'd find a bunch of dudes probably wrote it out or whatever doing squats and deadlifts and Romanian deadlifts and lunges and stuff like that. Now, here's the irony. You know which one's going to build your butt and shape your lower body the fastest? The hardcore mass building yeah. one. But it's so aggressive. It, it, it Right. It looks aggressive because yeah. of the people on there. But that's the more effective workout. Now, I know a lot of people listening who take Pilates. And by the way, if you like doing these classes, it's an activity. Mm. It's fun. It is going to do more than nothing for sure. There's, I'm not demonizing it. I'm just saying if you want to shape and sculpt your body... In the most effective, efficient, fastest way possible. It's just not the yeah. it's just not. That's not what there's it is. It's a more effective route. Much more. But if you like doing it, there's not a problem. And I know a lot of people listening are like, oh, I do Pilates, and it kicks my butt. It's so hard. And I dare you to try the class because it would kick your butt. And you know what? Yeah, it would. It's a hard class. We've done them. Actually, we took a class down the street over here. We did like a bar class, and the girl teaching it obviously took a one look at us is like, I'm gonna kick yeah. these guys' ass. It and made us do all these. And it is difficult. <laughs> Make them look silly. It does fatigue the body. But it does not change the body visibly nearly as fast as a full range of motion traditional uh, <clears throat> resistance uh, type training. Um, so those workouts, you know, if you only have three days a week to dedicate to working out and you could really care less about the modality and you're like, well, you know, Pilates, take it or leave it. Uh, I just I just want to do the most effective thing. I don't have a lot of time. Skip those female women targeted classes and instead, go to the gym and lift
2: heavy. I want to touch on the the band exercises because we, we did a, a recent uh, trainer seminar, and I was talking with somebody afterwards about this, because this is something that I saw that was really common in the you know men's physique and the bikini you know, bodybuilding world. Uh, the bands got really popular, and it became this thing that they just they do all these exercises banded, and then they, they or they superset all these glute exercises in between good exercises like squatting and deadlifting, and what I see them doing is I see them get under the squat rack, they squat, which is awesome, and then right afterwards, they go over and they do these banded tube walks like crazy, or they do these jump squats, and then they go back to do squats, and they do this little superset back and forth, and what I tried to explain to this girl that we were talking to that was wanting to build her glutes I said you'd be far better off. So here's here's what's great about these isolation exercises, like these these banded tube walks. The, the tube walks are great because they incorporate the, the glute med, which is a, is a, a common area in your butt that gets kind of deactivated or that people don't utilize as much. Like you have three parts of the glute, and the glute med is responsible for that external rotation of the femur, and it's just an- a so posit- where you turn your
1: foot out. Yeah, right? where, you,
2: where you rotate your feet out, and we just. We tend not to do it. It's an area that, uh, because we don't do a, a lot of movement in the transverse plane as we get older, uh, it gets dormant. It just it does. And so, doing these side these side walks with the tube lights that area up, and you feel this burn, and you get this mm-hmm. soreness that you haven't felt in forever. So then you assume that oh my god, I'm building all this muscle, and I'm like, well, there's some value to the tube walk to turn on that area and as to get you, as a yeah. primer and to wake that area up. But what you don't want to do is to superset it and do so much of it in between your squatting and deadlifting that it, it, it fatigues you a little bit, so you can't lift your your the most amount of weight on the deadlift or the squat. You'd be better off doing the tube walking as a primer to wake up the glute med, so that your brain goes, "Oh, okay, there's that muscle that needs to be turned on," and you know, and it's awake. And then you go into a squat or a heavy, heavy a, a basic strength. Squatting, you know, set where there's five sets or three sets of squatting or deadlifting, and you're giving yourself adequate mm-hmm. rest between and you're not supersetting with anything else. That person is going to be able to load more because she's going to be able to load more. She, in turn, then will build the glutes better. Than doing all these superset, kickback, band walk type exercises mm-hmm. in between.
1: Speaking of squats and deadlifts, uh, I've I've heard this come out of, and I've heard men say this as well. Um, in particular, men who compete uh, in physique, uh, you know, type competitions. Uh, but I've heard more often than not, everyday women talk about deadlifts and squats and say things like, "Well, don't won't that give me a really big waist?" Like doesn't that make my waist any bigger? And I know where that that myth kind of comes from. I mean, you look at pictures of heavyweight powerlifters and old school lifters and they did have big waists, but it was mainly because they were fat, right? They had big yeah. big bellies. Big it wasn't barrel because guts. Yeah, and those exercises do activate the muscles of the core, in particular the obliques, but the worst case scenario thing that'll happen from doing squats and deadlifts real heavy in terms of your waist is you're just going to build nice looking core muscles as a result. The last thing you should worry about is having a bigger waist from doing these extremely effective exercises. Also, keep this in mind, and this is an interesting thing that you want to maybe pay attention to. Um, uh, you know, We've established this now. There's been studies done over and over on this particular thing where they've identified this kind of ideal hip to waist ratio that both men and women find most aesthetic and attractive in women. Now, here's the kicker. Uh, the 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 size of the hips and versus the and the size of the waist varies from culture to culture but the ratio is around the same and i can't remember what that number what that, what that ratio is but there's a ratio that we've identified regardless of if a woman is 100 pounds or 170 pounds that both men and women seem to find the most aesthetic and and studies have shown that when women have this hip to waist ratio, their, ch- their odds of having a successful childbirth and a healthy baby are higher. So there's a reason why we find certain things you know, attractive or aesthetic. It's because it, it signals fertility. So let's say that you're squatting and deadlifting a lot, and you grow the size of your butt uh, by an inch. It just gets rounder and higher, and it grows an inch. But you grow your waist by one-fifth of an inch. So your waist got bigger, but guess what got better? your hip-to-waist ratio. Mm-hmm. So in reality, even if it did increase the size of your waist, aesthetically speaking, you're going to have better proportions and look better. So even if it did make your waist bigger, which it most likely will not, um, even if it did, the it's going to offset it by the size that you're going to add and the, and the shape that you're going to add to your hips and your butt and your legs, um, and you're going to have a better ratio with better aesthetics. So that one right there just... Absolutely gets on my nerves because yeah. if if you're doing those exercises and you're afraid that they're going to damage your aesthetics, you're afraid that they're going to make you not look as good. Um, n- not true at all. Uh, it'll it'll only improve your aesthetics. Well, this so- is a,
3: a massive pain point still, where you know uh, you know they're marketing directly towards this with. Squeams and with these corsets and these things that you know are you know like that they come back from like the 20s, the 30s. Like this stuff like resurfaces all over again because what does it do? It does provide that, uh, you know, that facade of a of, you know of a smaller waist. And basically, what we're doing, we're just atrophying mus- muscles that are uh, integral to the support of your spine. And so, you know, we're compromising that entire process just to look a certain way and, and provide that uh, that illusion.
1: Weren't they- didn't the Kardashians at one point promote those, those devices? Yeah. Those, the corsets or squeams or whatever? Right. I think so. And what those are is you put them on, you wear them all day long, and then, wow, look, I lost size around my waist. And that's because, like Justin said, it is causing the muscles of your, of your core to shrink and weaken, not what you want to do. Unless you want to cause major back problem uh, risks for yourself in the future – not a good idea. There was actually one female competitor who wore one of these things to try to shrink her waist and wore it so tight because you're supposed to wear it real tight. It's like a cast, right? So it causes the muscles to shrink so it supports you. She actually caused an obstruction in her
2: bowel. That's not one female competitor. That's one that you know personally. That one that yeah. I know personally, right? Yeah, I was going to say that there's there's been stories of that happening to lots of different women that have done that. It's not a good thing. I mean, it's... It's literally what happens. Anybody that's had a, a broken bone and been in a cast yep. uh, or a torn ligament and had to get in a cast for something for a, an extended period of time, and you've seen uh, what happens, uh, how how much muscle you lose, that is exactly what's happening. You're losing all the muscles that are in, that are wrapped around your waist, and so absolutely those things work. You will drop an inch or two, and it's crazy how— insane it is that we i think some people actually know that and they still don't give a fuck it's yeah. like i just want to lose the inches off my waist i don't care that it could be dangerous for me we
1: got to stop being so obsessed here's a big one uh and this Vanity. is this is big for men and for women but in particular in my experience uh this is something i need to communicate more uh, often to women we need to get over the scale and we need to get over sizes for a second okay cuz the reality is this you're not walking around, and, and we'll, I'm not even taking us off of uh, looks. Let's stay there, fine. You want to look a particular, you want to look good, fine. We'll stay there. You're not walking around all day long with a, a a placard stuck to your back that tells people what size clothes you wear and your body weight. You don't do that. Nobody knows. They just know what you look like. Okay, and I could take a female that's 140 pounds that is 17% body fat, and have her stand next to a 120-pound female at 30% body fat. You don't know their body weight. Have them stand next to each other. Not only with a 140-pound female look like she's lighter because she's leaner, but she's going to look far better. I used to love, I had a, um, when I used to manage gyms, I had a lot of uh, female trainers that worked for me, right? So I had guys and girls working for me. And the female trainers, because they're trainers, lifted weights and had a lot of muscle. I used to love doing this. I would give someone a tour of the gym, and if it was a woman, I'd give her a tour and I'd talk about weights or whatever. And she'd say something like, oh, I'm not interested in that. I just want to take the classes. And I'd say, well, why aren't you interested in the weights? I don't want to gain weight. I'm trying to lose weight. Um, I don't, you know." So I'd go through my whole talk about speeding up the metabolism, whatever. Then I would call one of my female trainers on the intercom. So I'd like, you know, attention, staff, Jennifer, please come to Sal's office. Jennifer would walk in, one of my female trainers. She'd stand there and I'd tell the person sitting, you know, this potential member. And I'd say, how much do you think Jennifer weighs? and they'd always be like, um, like 115, and I'd be like, nope, Jennifer, how much do you weigh? 145 pounds, the person sitting there would always lose their mind, that's not true, and I'd be like, yes it is, we'd walk over to the scale, weigh her, then she'd show her, she's 145 pounds, she'd leave, and then I'd look at the potential member and say, nobody follows you around with the scale. The reason why she looks like she's 115 pounds is because she doesn't have a lot of body fat. But she's 145 pounds of muscle, which is what gives her that shape. That's why she's got those round glutes. That's why she has that nice hip-to-waist ratio. And that's also why she can eat 2,500 calories a day and not gain a single pound. And that's what we, we need to get over the scale and size thing. Nobody gives a shit about that type of stuff except for you because nobody else knows it. So if you, wanna, if you are only focused on your looks, we could talk about that later. That's a different conversation. You want to look the best? Build muscle, burn body fat. Stop worrying so much about the scale. Stop worrying. Here's another thing about size: women's clothes are not designed for women who have
2: any type of athletic background right. or no. muscle. Oh, no. So if you start to if that's you, for men included. Too. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Closer, So clothes are designed for the average yeah, person. Yeah, if
1: your butt and hamstrings grow some muscle, you're gonna look way better. Oh. You may go up a we size. We got fat
2: mannequins yeah.
3: now. <laughs> it's
0: true. Let's be honest.
1: You may go up a size. On your, on, your, on your clothes. What you'll find is your jeans will be loose around your waist and really tight around your thighs and your butt. But you're going to have the proportions and the aesthetics that are going to look healthy and also look very attractive. So we need to get off that and stop worrying so much about what the scale looks like. Here's another example I'll tell people. If someone's so obsessed with losing weight, this was one of my favorite things to say to someone. They'd be like, well, I just want to lose 20 pounds. I don't care. I want to lose 20 pounds. I'd be like, no problem. We'll cut your left leg off and you'll lose a lot of that weight right. instantly obviously any takers it's, it's not just the weight you want to lose it's the kind of weight that you want to lose and really at the end of the day does it even matter even if you're only focused on aesthetics no nobody cares nobody knows it's all about the leanness the shape the health which is accomplished through like i said eating properly lifting weights building that muscle and getting a faster metabolism which brings me to another one um uh supplements let 's talk about this for a second now we've we've talked about uh, many times on the podcast how supplements really don't play a huge role in your progress. Uh, both men and women are marketed uh, to hell with supplements and promise that they can get crazy results if they just took this fat burner or this protein powder or this new supplement. The truth is supplements uh, account for you know less than three percent. Uh, of your success, maybe even less than one percent. Now there is one supplement that's out there uh, that uh, does have some real effects. It's been studied uh, thousands of times. There's actually probably well over five hundred peer-reviewed articles and, and, and studies done on the supplement. If you take it, it will speed up the muscle building pro- process. It will make you stronger. Now it's subtle, so it's not like you know, it's not like the difference between you know following a crappy workout and following a good workout but you'll gain about five pounds worth of strength on some of your lifts or two reps worth, and you will gain a little bit of muscle or you'll you'll have that appearance of gaining muscle. Um, and that's creatine. Creatine is a very effective supplement. A lot of women are afraid to take creatine. Yeah. A lot of women think that creatine is not for women yeah. because they heard it makes you gain bloat or water weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's the truth. Creatine does for women what it does for men. It causes you to build muscle a little bit faster. And the way it does this is your body takes creatine and it converts it into ATP, which is the one of the main sources of energy that your muscles use. Now, the more ATP that your muscles have, the more water that your muscles will also store. Now, I want to be clear. This is not bloat. When you're bloated, that is water outside of your muscles. That's water under your skin. It's what, it's what gets rid of definition. It makes you look kind of puffy. Not the same. Water in your muscles just makes them feel fuller, more firm, and like they've built a little bit. So yes, if you take creatine, you will gain a couple pounds on the scale. And yes, a lot of this wa- this, this weight initially is water weight, but it's inside the muscle, and it will give you the appearance of having more tone. And a little bit of a
3: performance more, boost. And
1: a performance boost. And in the long term, it builds more muscle. So creatine, just as good for women as it is good for, for men. There is no difference between the two. I think uh, if you're going to take a supplement, take creatine regardless, and don't be afraid of the damn scale. Uh, get rid of that stupid scale. In fact, that was what I, one of the number one things I would tell my, my, my female yeah, clients. throw it away. I used to tell them, don't weigh yourself anymore. We're going to go based off of performance. And if, when I could convince people to do that, Oh, man, the results were just... Uh, it's acceptable. liberating, too. Oh, exceptional results uh, when they would
2: do it that way. I think a good general rule for the women that are listening is that you should already be skeptical to anything that is marketed to your sex. Work out for women, supplement for women, anything that's for women, and it's marketed that way to you. I remember when we first hired our marketing team, this was one of the hardest oh, hurdles that we had to get over was they were just so adamant about we had to do this we you can't you it doesn't matter what you guys think it doesn't matter that this is this is the right way or not it's the average consumer wants to be told that that they are different and they're they're separate and they're 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 in their own niche and the truth of the matter when it comes to exercise and building muscle and burning body fat we're actually not that different as far as what we should do we are different as far as our makeup our physiology is different but as far as how we exercise and build muscle we're not that Same. different
1: no and and the problem is, is is this is it. now this is a we'll talk just about math when it comes to probabilities right if i uh, you know flip a coin heads or tails and I, it, we know that there's a 50-50 chance it's going to be heads or it's going to be tails now that may not show up if i flip it four times or three times i may get heads all three times but if i flip it a million times It's going to be very close to 50-50. And so when it comes to probabilities, the larger the number, the more accurate probabilities uh, uh, start to apply. So I can say, generally speaking, uh, when it comes to men and women, that women tend to be more interested in these types of things and men tend to be more interested in these types of things boys tend to be more interested in this. And, and there's lots of psychology studies that show certain things, and uh, you know, and, and, and they seem to be pretty conclusive, but things tend to change with studies. But up till now, there seems to be some, some conclusiveness with these studies. But what happens when I go down to the individual? If I take a girl, and I think to myself, well, studies show that girls are more interested in this, and I just start training her and teaching her in that way, I may be doing the exact wrong thing yeah. right. because she's an individual. So when it comes to fitness... You may read studies that show that women do, you know, we found that in these studies, women tend to do this a little bit. Their bodies respond this way or men respond. But at the end of the day, when you go down to the individual, none of it matters at all. When I train somebody, uh, a client, I don't, male, female, doesn't matter to me at all. I'm asking you about your goal, your, your fitness history. I'm asking you what your goals are. I'm doing an assessment. It's all based completely on your individual body. So when it comes to workouts and whatever, those generalizations that you hear throw them all completely out the window. The only generalizations you should pay attention to are what kind of exercises tend to be the most effective uh, to get people to build the most muscle because whether you want to lose weight, gain weight, tight, you know, tighten, sculpt, and uh, shape, get stronger, whatever, you want to do the most effective exercises. Whatever your goal is, the most effective exercises will get you there the fastest mm. um, and try them out. And again, as an individual- If, let's say, you squat because you heard squats are the best, but squats, you can't do them because you got poor mobility, don't do squats, right? At the the end of the day, look at yourself as an individual. But generally speaking, lift heavy weights. That's going to get you there the fastest. Do those big gross motor movements. Those are going to get you there the fastest. And ignore most of the things that tell you this is for women. These are the workouts for women. These are what's going to change the length of your muscles and all that stuff. It's all total
3: and complete bullshit. Consider the long game. It's all about sustainability as well.
1: That's it. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find us all on Instagram. You can find me at mindpumpsal. You can find Justin at mindpumpjustin. And you can find the ever-eloquent Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank
0: you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maps Anabolic